Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things movie and nostalgia podcasts, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our childhood to see if it's as good all grown up. I'm Jordan Poland clark and with me is my co-host, Kara Gale-O'Regan. Hello. And today we're joined by Kristen Lopez. Hi, Kristen. Hello, everybody. Um, Kristen chose the 1995 movie The Babysitter's Club, which follows a group of middle school-aged girls who run a babysitting club in their town, the fictitious town of Stony Brook, Connecticut. They're in Connecticut, right? Yes. Uh, The movie is based on a series of books of the same name published between 1986 and 2000. took them 14 years to graduate middle school. Um, (laughs) The movie follows the girls over the course of a summer where they decide to expand their babysitting business to run a summer camp. Um, It kind of follows each of the girls on their various journeys both together and apart. Um, So Kristen, why did you choose this? Um, so there's a couple, you know, when, when I, when I was offered the chance to talk about something nostalgic, there's a couple routes I, I thought about taking, you know, I, I, most people that know me know that I am a huge fan of The Little Mermaid, and they know that My Girl is one of my favorite movies, but I never get a chance to talk about the movie that I was obsessed with in 95. Uh, which is the Babysitter's Club. Uh, So I decided that I wanted to talk about all the issues that I have with this movie as an adult that I didn't necessarily notice when I was about eight or nine. (laughs) Which is perfect, because that's basically all this podcast is. Exactly. So I figured if if this was a chance to talk about weirdness with with people that would understand, it was probably time to talk about this movie. (laughs) So then I'm going to assume you saw it when it first came out in 1995? I did. I owned the big clamshell uh, VHS tape. Uh, I, I wore it out. I quoted from this movie endlessly. Like, I knew what I was saying. Um, I, it helped that I was a huge fan of the, the books. I, I read all of them. And I, I loved it. I loved this movie so much. I loved the weird... I, the weird 90s um, soundtrack uh, and the fact that it had... <laughs> the soundtrack is so good. It did, and the fact that it had Alex Mack in it. Um, <laughs> it had Larissa Olenek in here. So it just, it made me, it made me happy. Um, and it played on all the things that I loved uh, in 95, which was like weird movies about teen girls that acted like they were way older than they were. I think like this and <laughs> this and Harriet the Spy gave me a lot yes. of hope that obviously I was way smarter than most of the people that I knew. I think, yeah, and I think I, this was a little bit before that, but I also feel like Claire Sir Explains It All falls into that yes, category too. exactly. Um, how old were you in 1995? Um, let's, that is a great question because I don't remember how old, I was seven, (laughs) I was seven. Okay. Oh, okay, that's pretty young to watch this, I feel like. My, my parents were, were incredibly permissive, um, and this was, you know, my, my, I read a lot, so I'm sure that the conceit was, well, it's based on the books that she's read, so it's, it's okay, um, I don't remember what my mom said the first time she watched this. Now is we we watched this together about a month or so ago, and she was like, "God, I can't believe this movie exists." I'm like, "I know, right? It's the weirdest movie ever because it's aimed at you know middle schoolers, and it's got some really weird plot points, <laughs> <laughs> which we will get into." Um, had you seen it? between the time that you were very young and when you just watched it like a month ago oh yeah yeah um this is one of those movies if it's on i will and i mean i'm i'm (laughs) i'm nearing 30 i will watch this if it's on and just just shake my head i i I mentioned before we recorded i've seen this more than is probably healthy for an adult um and i just i sit there and i shake my head and i say what were we thinking i mean it's so 90s but it's just playing into some of the weirdest parts of the 90s and it's it's written and directed by women but at the same time like i can imagine that this would be some pervert's dream of a movie because again it just has some of the weirdest plot points 
It does. One of the interesting things that I came across when I was researching this, like, kind of doesn't have a whole lot to do with what you just said, but, like, what you said made me think about this, which is that the art director on this, right before he worked on this, did Pulp Fiction. No. Yes. yes that is amazing. Which, which <laughs> oddly enough, was, was probably... My mother drew the line at, like, two or three movies, and one of them I was not allowed to watch till I was a teenager was Pulp Fiction. So there, it all comes comes back around. Full circle. Um, Kara, did you see this in 1995? Uh, you know, if not 1995, probably 96 or 97. I don't recall seeing it, although I definitely when I was watching it I was like mm, I probably watched this at a sleepover it seemed familiar it didn't um, this is what this didn't just feel like the first time you saw it no and I had read like some of the books but it wasn't something that I was like really super into yeah I'm somewhere in between you guys like I know I saw this I I definitely remember seeing the trailer and being so excited that Alex Mack was in it <laughs> and like so excited that her hair was long and crimped Yes. Which is a weird thing to be excited about, which, but I was a nine-year-old girl, which so... Which we need to talk about how this movie... I'm from California. This movie is a hate... <laughs> one, of, one of two movies that I say don't ever see if you want to know about people from California. This and Hocus Pocus have the worst <laughs> stereotypes about Californians that I've ever oh, seen in my life. You mean you people don't eat entire bowls of seeds? At no, restaurants. <laughs> I, I've never eaten a bowl of seeds. I've never grown an herb garden. Um, I never wore tie-dye. Like, I never, I don't understand where these things came from. We're not all hippies. We did see, like, the civil rights movement and feminism in the 80s. Like, we went through those things, I'm assuming. Um, what did you used to quote from this movie? I'm so curious. Um, I remember the little rhymes that they would come up with. Um, they have, like, little chants and stuff. Like, I, I remember doing that. I do remember that at one point it was really... I don't know if it was really cold or really... It was inappropriate weather for the comment, but there's a line in this movie where I think it's Stacy says, I need air and I need hairspray. And I would say <laughs> that a lot, but I didn't understand what it meant. So it just seemed like I was some weirdo um, that was talking about needing hairspray <laughs> in, like, 30-degree weather. Um, Did the uh, science test wrap ever actually help you on a science test? It did. <laughs> actually, my mom, my mom and I can actually uh, do that. That's, like, the one thing my mom will remember about this movie is that, yeah, <laughs> I I did remember I don't remember it as much as I do I used to but yeah I I cerebellum and stuff like that I know how to remember all that stuff because of this movie so I learned something yay <laughs> I feel like that was one of the most pain there weren't a lot of parts of this movie that I found hard to watch like 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 a lot of the things that we go back and watch it felt just like very safe and like like home to me because it was so predictable i've seen it before like i grew up watching a lot of those those actors and things but like that was one of the parts that i found so uncomfortable it was just like the time where like everyone was trying to rap everything you're, you're not a fan of white girl good. rapping <laughs> it wasn't good i'm so Can glad that you? we we've all moved past that point in history in when i was in middle school I guess I must have been in seventh or eighth grade and I was in the chorus because I didn't play an instrument and if you didn't play an instrument you had to be in the chorus you had to do something musical in my middle school and they made us rap I'll be missing you the puff daddy version (laughs) and like it was and I just I knew like I couldn't identify why when it was happening it was so horrible but I just knew that it was horrible and I didn't like it at all but I had to do it and like watching them rap in this just like brings me back to that feeling (laughs) and I don't like it at all and when did they prepare that rap? I also had a lo- I had a very hard time with reality in this movie because none of this <laughs> could ever happen. <laughs> well, well, considering considering that the the plot line of one of the many plot lines in this movie involves Christy not having time for her friends. When did they all get together to perform this? To, to write to the rap, plan yeah. this exactly. And like, why? Why? Okay, I understand. So so Christy 
is the main protagonist. Yes. Like, she's who's, the one we spend the most time with in this whose movie. Whose only sin in life is looking entirely too much like uh, Anna Paquin. Well, she is... She oh, is, yeah, I could see that. She is Sissy Spacek's daughter, so... Yeah. That that also helps. <laughs> and, I, and I actually really like her. I like the Christy character. She's... She's kind of a tomboy, but not, like, overly so. But she's not super girly. She's really smart. She just, she's doing great. You know, she's a good kid. And, but, like, she puts so much pressure on herself to be, like, a 30-year-old woman. Yeah. <laughs> and she's 12 years old. And, but then other people always seem to also be disappointed in her that she's behaving like a 12-year-old. You know? Like she she forgets to pick up her brother one day from from camp and everyone's all upset with her and like yeah totally she should have picked up her brother but also you relied on a 12 year old to do that like and then like claudia's like you didn't help me study math and it's like girl you're in summer school like they're they're gonna help you study math well i think i think in the movie i know in the book series they're supposed to be 12 i think in the movie they say that they're fourteen. They, I, I think they're. They say they're almost fourteen. They're almost fourteen. Okay. Because I know, I know that. Um, I know Mallory and and uh, the oh Jesse, Jesse, the token black girl. Um, yeah, they mentioned mm-hmm. that they're younger. Um, and I think they're supposed to be like what eleven. <laughs> Everybody looks in yeah. this movie like they are about sixteen to seventeen. Okay, so I I looked it up. They're not. Because I thought okay. that also, and I also went back and watched an episode of the TV series. Yeah, um, which everybody in the, in the TV series, series they look older. They look way. They look like they're twenty one. No, I thought they looked like they were like eleven. So I went and looked up like, but so it's I my actual thought when watching the TV series was like, are they less attractive? Are they like? A different age or was it just 1990 and this is what everybody looked like because we talk about that a lot on this podcast how just like nobody looked good in the late 80s and early 90s um and they were definitely suffering from that some in the tv series yeah um, but i i looked it up all of the actors were like maybe 15 tops like they weren't that old which is which is refreshing, and it only makes the plot lines in this movie worse. <laughs> Absolutely. What like okay, so let's talk about the plot lines a little bit. I talked a little bit how I feel like Christy was mistreated as a thirteen-year-old. Like what else? Um. So my my biggest issue with this movie in general, and and my mom and I have come up with this theory. We laugh about it to this day. So much of the plot of this movie, if you if you say there's a main narrative, is how Christie's deadbeat dad, played by Peter Horton, shows up, and she has to keep this this secret that he's there. Um, and as I've watched this as an adult, I've pretty much come up with the scenario that she's she's dating her dad. I mean, <laughs> she I wrote that as a note when he shows up when he shows up after being gone for the for, for like he's been gone for years. We're meant to believe, yeah. Like the conversation they have legit could be a conversation between two people who had been lovers who hadn't seen each other for exactly. a while. Exactly. He he tells her like you're not allowed to tell anybody that I'm here. Like I he drives he drives like a sketchy 89 rapist. Um he he buys her a dress as a gift and he knows that it'll fit her. Like it is the weirdest creepiest plot point I have ever seen in my life. And, and as a child with an absentee father, I was like, oh, when she tell, you know, she she has this big speech and she tells her dad that he's a big fat disappointment. I'm like, yeah. And as an adult, I'm like, no, this is the most bizarre, like, weird power dynamic ever and then he just like pieces out of the the narrative and causes her to go to this like sketchy amusement park that looks like it's something out of an episode of law and order svu and (laughs) like it's just i i don't understand how somebody thought like "Eh, this seems like it can't be misconstrued at all he takes them out into the woods on like a weird like camping trip slash date it's it's yeah, bizarre. It was <laughs> it was super 
weird and like like it made me think like we also talk about on this show often like the idea of like divorced parents and like latchkey kids um and we're like where you know where are all the latchkey kids on tv like i think these are all the kids without parents like just wandering around amusement parks exactly it's like it's like pleasure (laughs) island from pinocchio Um, they seemed, yeah, like, cause these kids seem, like, like, I, I, like, think, I've read the books, I'm sure I read the books, and I feel like, and I read some interviews with Ann Martin, who wrote the books, and these, these kids, these girls, were meant to be, like, you know, independent, entrepreneurial, and, like, all that seems great when you're reading it in the book, and then watching them in the movie, they just <laughs> seem really unsupervised. Yeah, there is a Where lot are of- parents? Of bizarre. Well, and and everybody's like upwardly mobile. I mean, it's set in Connecticut, so these are a bunch of like wealthy white people. So you know, everybody lives in like big mansions, and and Chrissy's got like twenty siblings um, that all live in this big house. And then even you know, um, Stacy has a single mom who's only concerned about what she's wearing and whether she's eaten. Anything else, like she's like, go to New York, go out to a club. Who really cares? Yeah, with this seventeen-year-old boy oh, from mom Europe knows that he was seventeen. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's that that's weird. the other that's the other plot line where I'm just like, um, okay, that, that this is cool. Really? But, like, they almost saved it when he finds out that she's actually 13 and he, like, freaks out and is like, what the fuck? But then, at the end of the movie, he comes back for her and kisses her and says, I'm going to be back next summer. And she's like, I'm going to be 14 then. And he's like, I know. And I'm like, he's going to be 18. That's not better. That that always, (laughs) I'm not kidding. Back in 95, that that was weird to me. And as an adult, it's even worse. Because I I was sitting there thinking, no, dude, that's actually worse. Because now you're definitely going to prison. (laughs) Yeah, that's, like, actually illegal now. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't care how good-looking and 90s foppish your hair is, okay? Like, no, you're definitely, definitely going to be going to jail. Like, it's not it's not cute. And I don't know how they thought that line was going to play in 95, but it <laughs> really doesn't play well, like, in ni- by 96. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's the other thing, like, you know the Stacy character's always been, you know, a bit more sophisticated, and and the girl who plays her definitely looks older. She definitely doesn't look fourteen, but she definitely doesn't look like she's twenty one. And that was the one thing that always like weirded me out is that they go to New to New York, quote unquote. Looks like a back lot. Um, and they go to like it was Toronto. It was Toronto, exactly. It, it just looks like an alley in Canada. <laughs> and they go to this club with like these weird goth friends of his. Um, everybody's really pasty. And um, in th- I want to say because I read the novelization a lot as a kid, and in the novelization, that's that scene is actually expanded, and like his his friends are all like 21 they're like smoking and talking about college stuff and i'm like sitting there reading this like wait what and then the cab driver is like saying oh it's totally cool like that's fine there's a little age difference my husband and i were engaged when we were 13 and i'm like what what decade what country are you living in this is not america in the in the 1970s or however old no when has this ever been okay (laughs) also it was a lady cab driver Uh, which is how you know it's very rare which is how you know it's a movie because i i watch a lot of classic film and there's actually a lot of lady cab drivers in like 1940s movies so i don't know if maybe that was a callback or something (laughs) i just thought maybe it felt it would feel safer to have two 13 year olds (laughs) and a dude in in a cab if they made the driver a woman and then it would be safer for that line to exist. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> Or something. Point. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that by the end of this, both both uh, her, her, her Swedish paramour and Chrissy's dad would be sharing a cell by the next year, because I'm just, I'm thinking both of them are creeps. Yeah, okay, so that's what we thought was weird about this movie. <laughs> oh, there's um, a lot I, more that I, I also, think is very there, weird about There is a lot more. I, here's my, I have two that I was like, ugh, no. 
like one I've worked at summer camps it's very serious you can't just start a summer camp in a backyard (laughs) yeah that's very illegal they're regulated by the state you need medical forms and how come all those kids just showed up to the camp without parents on the first day Uh, that that was the one thing that I you know I'm all for young women becoming entrepreneurs but it's where I think the fact that this is an upwardly mobile, white, wealthy community just kind of makes you feel how, like, cheap your own life is. Because, A, they open the summer camp in, in I, I think it's uh, Marianne's house, and the backyard looks like a football field. Um, you know, there's just, and there's, like, woods nearby, so they have this, like, wooded area, um, which, which, again small children wooded area maybe with a lake like recipe for trouble at the bare minimum um oh yeah a kid is definitely gonna drown if there's a lake nearby (laughs) um and then all these children show up and they're they're organizing things by potholder color um and (laughs) they just have this unlimited food to feed you know a table picnic tables and stuff um unlimited jelly donuts to slingshot into the neighbor's yard exactly like nobody complains next door about porta pot like the the neighbor character that's played by ellen burston like why is ellen burston in this movie Um, it's such a disservice to her this (laughs) she has no words only faces for the first like 40 minutes of the movie which i'm i'm assuming is her questioning her agent about why she took this film (laughs) i think you can just tell what a good actress she is because she carries this role and i really liked her in it (laughs) she's the only logical person in this film um you know she's she's kind of like the mom in the room that just kind of comments on the obvious questions that you have about this plot line um although she never brings up the fact that there's like porta potties or anything like the obvious issues she's she's more bitching about like the things that directly affect her and not about long-term like sewage seepage i don't know like things that i would worry about um but you know she's she's kind of like look you guys need to get get it together because i'm old and i also pay a lot of money for my house and i don't really care about your like little entrepreneurial spirit because it's killing me (laughs) Yeah. All right. So that was my one problem. And my other, the other thing that like stood out to me was like, I really didn't like that. So that one guy, oh God, I can't remember his name. The one who liked, um, Larissa Olenek. Oh, the magic um, guy. Did lots of magic. Oh, yeah. What's (laughs) Alan? Alan. Not Logan. Logan is the other one. Who is where is he supposed to be from because he does like four <laughs> different accents in this movie and i can't quite put my finger on he what seems is, to like, think what his deal is he, he seems does to r- think he, he seems to think that he's like buster keaton meets meets like the kid who was the voice of thackeray banks in hocus pocus he thinks he's the kid from hocus pocus and he's not um and it's just annoying no means no man like just just get over it I yeah think- so Alan. His name is Alan. Yeah, I, I think he's um, only... I think I think poor Larissa Olenek only dates him so that she can say that she gave it the college try and he needs to go away. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... Okay, so this is... Yeah, this is what I have a problem with. Like, I... He, he gets overzealous. He tries too hard. He doesn't know what to do in front of the pretty girl. Fine. I think he's Who kind among of cute. Us? He's, yeah, exactly. Who among us has not struggled with that problem? Um, and but then but then he finally just like straight up asks her out in a way that's not offensive. It's not pushy. It's it's nice. And she's like, oh, like she didn't get the whole time that he was doing that <laughs> stuff because he liked her. First of all, she's smarter than that. She should have known. But then like she says yes. She's like, yeah, I'll go to the movies with you. And then he puts his arm around her. And then she's getting trying to get away from him for the rest of the time that they're together. So, like, I, that, I don't understand. I don't like that she said yes if she didn't want to. I don't like that she's not just like, stop putting your arm around me. That made me <laughs> uncomfortable. Well, and... and- you know, to throw to throw the whole like Larissa Olenek character un- under the bus, like I love her 
California-isms. So she's got, like, the crimped hair, and she wears a lot of, like, paisley pants. Again, apparently East Coasters' views of Californians are that we stopped developing in the 70s. Um, and that we're all just, like, hippies. Um. By the way, that's definitely true, still. (laughs) (laughs) Which, maybe because I grew up in in the northern, I I live in the northern part of California, which most people think doesn't exist, because they think it's all, like, San Francisco and then southern California. Um, (laughs) I mean, I don't know, maybe that's, that's just what it's easy to to do but uh, yeah no when she when she shows up with like her little herb garden and ellen burston's like your name is dawn how 60s and i'm just thinking you know i i would be so out of place because they would be like you're not a real californian you're some alien race that that obviously is not our definition of what california looks like so california stereotyping not cool Um. What? Okay. So I I do want to get to what we do like about this. Yes. Um. But, Kara, what else? You said there are other things. What else is problematic here? Oh goodness. Um. Let's see. I'm looking up my notes. Girl from California eating a literal bowl of seeds. <laughs> uh. I don't want to know how many bags of seeds they had to open to fill that bowl. I know, a it's a really bowl. big bowl of seeds. It was like a wholesale <laughs> bag of seeds. Yeah. Um, the jelly donuts, but I already mentioned that. Like the, They've slingshot things into the next door neighbor's yard repeatedly, and it's always a jelly donut. And I just don't understand, like, why is it always a jelly donut? <laughs> you know, like, if you're going to be slingshotting things, why not mix it up? Is the jelly donut a stand-in for something? Is it symbolic? I don't know. Well, one time it was a stink bomb. Oh, that's true. It was a stink bomb. Yeah, the last time it was a stink bomb. I I was going to say, that stink bomb actually looks like a grenade mixed with a bomb, (laughs) which I want to know how that was developed and how Homeland Security did not come down and wonder what was going on. I mean, that looks like... Homeland Security didn't exist yet. <laughs> that's that's true. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that explains it then, because there's literally a part something about where she where um, Marla Sokolov's character said something. Did you pull the pin? And I'm like, what, is it a grenade? Is it gonna blow up? <laughs> I think we're doing attempted murder here, ladies. Not I, uh, not a little friendly like you know ribaldry. I I this makes me just want to say that I love Marla Sokolov in this. Ugh. I. Because Hated she's the same. She's the same character that she is in Full House. Yes, which exactly. is just like the awful, mean, bad girl. Well, yeah, she's kind of always that, and I just think that she's done it so much better in other movies. What else is she in? Good question. I cannot think of it at the moment. Oh, um, she was she, in Sugar and Spice. She was in Sugar. Love that one. <gasps> yeah. Wait, you actually, and... you actually know that movie. Yes, it I is have never one of my met. Favorites. I have never met. Anybody <laughs> this is like at least the second it. time we've mentioned it. Oh my god! Um, I don't think it's it's been on the podcast, but I know that you and I have have talked about it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I have this li- ongoing list of like strong female lead movies that I love from the '90s, and it's like right up there with Drop Dead Gorgeous. Those two oh are so god. good. Well, they are written by the same woman, so. Oh my god, are you serious? I didn't yes. even know that. I, I wrote, I actually wrote a whole article about Lona Williams and the black <sighs> comedies that she dire- the, written, wrote, those two, and how oh Hollywood Hollywood was not ready for her, um, because no, I love both of those movies. Not. Yeah, I found somebody that actually knows those movies. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I've those been movies yelling are great. into the void about those two. No, and now that now I have to spend some time. I have to read your article. I'm gonna have, to, have to get to into this. Send you the link. What yes, else did she do? Um, yeah, that's very exciting. She's very good in Sugar and Spice, and you know, like I just she gets typecast as that same person. Well, she's good at time. it. She's good. Yeah, at she it. is really good at it, and she has like the right look for it too. Um, like she's pretty, yeah. but not too pretty, and she has brown hair, so obviously she can't be the good girl. She has a real bitch face yeah. too. Oh yeah, like, she does have a good resting. It's probably not. You're, I'm probably not supposed to talk about other women like that. Yeah. But <laughs> well, and, and and as a character, I mean, you know, I I make fun of how like white privilege this movie is, but the movie really wants to lay down lines about like what's acceptable wealth and what's not. And so Marla Sokolov's character, um, Kogi, which 
God sounds like it's an 80s insult. Um, you know, uh, she shows up in, like, an actual riding outfit, whereas, like, the other girls are just, like, in jeans and, like, a riding hat because, like, ooh, she's obviously wealthy. Um, and, and she's, like, the one 13-year-old girl that can afford Smashing Pumpkins tickets and can go by herself <laughs> with a boy. And you're like, wait, how do you have money for this? I guess it's because you have parents that obviously don't care and they just, like, throw money at you. Okay. She had really cool boots, though. All the mean girls did. Um, there was actually a lot of costumed overlap with the last movie that we did, which was Clueless, which came out. That's what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Because like, Claudia the has. Mean girls, especially. Yeah. There was a yellow plaid outfit that one of them had when they yeah. were like sitting up yeah. in the tree. But also, Claudia has that heart shirt just like ties in the makeups, uh, the, the, the makeover scene. Well, and yeah. I love the, the like, Koki and her friends, they all match. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you have to travel as a group, um, which, which again, distinguishes them from the Babysitter's Club because, you know, they're individuals and they all dress, like, wh- how their personas are. Um, and I love their weirdly, like, metallic, like, everything is, like, a half shirt yeah. and, like, shiny because, um, you know, it's the <laughs> 90s and they're bad. Um, so I, I dig that. <laughs> yeah, they were very shiny. A lot of pigtails, too. Like, everything is, like, really weird hair. I mean, kind of weird hair compared to some of the things that we've watched. It's true. Pretty run of the mill. It's better hair than like eighty nine, ninety. It's mm-hmm. better hair than all that. Uh, all right. So, what was good about this? I didn't hate it. All right. Like <laughs> we were talking before we started recording about how we had to watch Bridget Jones's Diary, and that has made everything by comparison seem so much more enjoyable. So it wasn't terrible. I, I will say this is this is a fun one for me to revisit, like as an adult. Like I I have fun watching this as a, uh, now because I I love its weirdness. I love how creepy it is. Um, because I'm thinking, God, I didn't realize any of this is this is like you know the the filmic equivalent of like realizing that like that third eye blind song is about meth you know it's just like as a child you you loved it and you didn't understand how weird it was and now as an adult you're like god that's horrible but it made me who i am so you know i i like it for that aspect um and i do like you know it's one of the few movies where you have a group of of females who aren't fighting over um a male if yeah. anything if anything it's the men that cause nothing but trouble for them like <laughs> You're just yeah. thinking every one of these guys sucks. Can't they just go back to operating their business? Um, At one point, somebody actually says, I mean, we can't let men get away with everything. Exactly, exactly. So I, I'm all for, like, solidarity, sister. Yeah, like, I think for all the weird things, this is a nice movie about female friendship. Mm-hmm. And enterprising and like a, teen girls, the power yes. of enterprising yeah. teen girls. Mm-hmm. I love... I love seeing movies about that. I, I because actually... Because it makes me... Oh, one. It makes me think about, like, how much... How different the world would be if we didn't distract enterprising teen girls with, like, all the bullshit and just, like, let them loose, you know? Yeah. Instead of trying to, like, tear each other down or, you know, chase after boys or... Like, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. But, like, I feel like our society just, like, pits young women against each other so much but like if they work together they could change the world I don't love that it's an all female babysitting business mm. well te- technically technically Logan is an honorary male member I know but he isn't in the movie that's true right he, well, he's in the movie just not a lot he's, he's Mary uh He's Marianne's boyfriend. He's the blonde dude with, like, the bullpen. Right, but he's not a member of the Babysitter's Club. Like, we do not see a boy babysitting children. Right, or at their meetings, their official meetings. Or participating in their meetings. So I don't love that part. I can can agree with that. I mean, you you do get that, like... He's at the like the stables with the little ginger annoyance. Um, that's that's always trying to hit the baseball. So I always assume that that's 
like his one babysitting gig, but he's not he's not necessarily <laughs> integrated into the the narrative like he is in the the books at least. Side note: in the TV series, there there's a uh, three ginger siblings, and the main one is um, Danny Tamborelli. I was gonna say, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the TV series, he's like a recurring babysitting client. I was gonna say, like, I, I do like that. You know, the third the third act um, is interesting because they decide that they're going to expand and actually open up an office, which I think is really inventive. And I, I wish that it wasn't a total cop-out And at the end. Um, you know, they, they, they find this greenhouse, but apparently none of them know what a greenhouse actually does <laughs> because it's, like, super hot and there's no, there's no air, even though I think they could probably get an air conditioning unit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. They could get a couple fans. But then at the end, they decide, well, let's not change. Let's not expand. Let's continue to run this business out of this poor girl's bedroom. And they decide to give the greenhouse to Ellen Burstyn so that she can, I guess, not ever complain about anything again because she has her own little greenhouse fiefdom. Well, they did a nice thing for her because she put up with their shit all summer. That's true. That's true. I guess I just I just wanted them to go international like they were talking about. <laughs> well, but they do admit that they're not very good at making money. Yeah, but as one of them points out, most businesses don't even survive their first year. Many like take years and years to be profitable and they didn't make their their profit wound up being very small, but they actually did turn a profit, which is remarkable. And let's not ignore also the fact true. that it looks like there's about like fifty, you know, like twelve hundred kids in this town. <laughs> so I mean, they gotta be. They just need to obviously set their prices a bit higher. Uh, yeah. And with with it being ninety five, like inflation's gonna become a problem. So I mean, I don't even want to know how much they'd be charging these days. Probably like fifty bucks a kid. <laughs> Which, I mean, for, like, a summer of summer camp is kind of a steal. Like, it costs thousands of dollars to send a kid to camp for all summer, I think. Yes, summer camps are really expensive. And and considering they didn't lose any of the children, well, except for Christy's little brother (laughs) that nobody really cared about, um, who was just found one. I'm sorry. It's obviously a small town. This kid doesn't know how to get home yet. He's, like, ten He's seven. Uh, well, he should still know how to get home. It's probably one road. <laughs> There's two things that I really liked. Just, like, liked. One of them made me laugh, and one of them I was like, oh, you're a little bit ahead of your time. Um, one of them was when there was, um, like, they had, cow- like, a Western-themed day. Mm-hmm. And whoever is making the announcement, w- one of the girls, is like, Welcome to Cowboy Day, Cowgirl Day, Cow People Day. <laughs> like, she really wanted to get it right and, like, make everyone feel included, which I thought was great. Um, and then the other thing that just, like, legit made me laugh was when they they were waiting for Christy to show up at this cabin where they were having a birthday party for her, but it was when her dad was supposed to take her to the theme park. So she was, like, all running around the park and late and getting stuck in the rain. And somebody bought this cake, and the cake starts to melt. And the girls are, like, sitting in a line, and Mallory's at the end of the line. And they're like, what kind of cake in the- cake is this? And Mallory's like, ice cream cake. And they're like, who bought ice cream cake? And they just, like, kind of look down the line until they're all looking at her. And she just does the most perfect, like shrug that's just like so beyond her years <laughs> well and honestly I really I, maybe maybe i would be the one that would get kicked out of the babysitters club super early because i'd be like well this chick ain't showing up so i'm gonna eat the cake because yeah, why waste Sam. it right well it's just melting all, they're all really 
good friends to each other. Like, sometimes they mess up, but, like, they do stuff like that. And, like, Marianne knows the whole movie that um, Chrissy's dad is in town, but Chrissy asked her not to tell anyone, so she does not tell anybody, even when they're all mad at her for not telling because she knows what's going on. Like, they're really good to each other. That, or I always thought that they lived by the snitches get stitches code. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the the weird the weirdest element is that you know they're all really close together, but then they have these weird moments where, and it usually is left on poor Christy, which we mentioned. You know, like Claudia's like, "You're my best friend, Christy." Oh wait, you can't help me pass math. I hate you. Or you know, it, it's it just seems like they get really petty about stuff, but. It helps that they decide to, like, enlist the help of somebody who can drive to, you know, start cruising down the interstate looking for her, you know, Christy in the rain. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, um, while Claudia is taking her science test, I paused it on the screen where there's an actual shot of the piece of paper with her test. And it's no wonder that she was failing science. All of those questions were worded so poorly. Like, because <laughs> it's all about, like, human physiology, which, like, I know a lot about. And I had a hard time answering the questions because I was just like, well, it could be that one or it could be that one. Or, you know, like, it just, no wonder she was failing science. Poor girl. <laughs> I'm just more confused with how big the boundaries of the camp are because it seems like they change by the scene you know like it's in a backyard and it's a fenced in area but then there's also a wooded part but then they also have room for a stage and like a truck with hay bales and like where did they get those hay bales that's what I was the most upset about like fine you have juice you got food fine you got them all shipped in you got the porta potties but they got hay bales also seriously i don't I mean, know I, I guess they were riding horses before yeah and i i grew up in a weird wooded town where like it's not that uncommon to have like a giant piece of property where like you might have a fence in one spot but then like it opens out onto the woods in another spot so i don't know I can, Big yard, I can see that. I can see that. I just, I, I don't think they're that creative, and I think that they just assume <laughs> they have unlimited land. Yeah, well, that certainly makes it easier for the story's sake. <laughs> All right, anything else about the movies before I ask Kara what other trivia she has? Oh, diabetes. Yes. Oh, yeah, di- there's diabetes in this. Yeah, Um. and it's like... I don't know. I wanted more about the diabetes. So, uh, the, or less about I feel the diabetes. Like they played, I don't know. They feel like it played a larger role in the books. Like you very yeah. much knew that that was a part of who she was. Right, and and in this case, and like that's the one of the things that I actually remember from the books. Um, but like in this, it's just like it. They mention it a couple times, which is also I mean that's fine. You know, it doesn't take like it's not like she's a walking test strip or anything, you know. Like it's not her entire character. She actually has other character traits, which so rarely happens when you have a character that has some sort of like health issue or disability. So like that was nice. Um, but having remembered like it being so much of a bigger deal from the books i was like kind of hoping that they would the movie presents it very ham-fistedly because Mm. because you're as memory serves i mean you're assuming she's like a type 2 diabetic which is no type 1 exactly well and that's the thing type 1 you you're questioning whether she's like insulin taking and and all of that so and having a, a grandfather who was type 1 diabetic and a mother who is type 2 diabetic, the movie plays it as, like, she is a tick. Her mother considers her, like, a ticking time bomb. <laughs> like, you could die at any second. Um, and as someone who is disabled myself, I'm just, like, it's a really heavy-fisted way of doing things. But then when she goes out on this hike and her blood sugar crashes um, and she needs to, she says she needs to eat, I'm like, no. 
if you are having an issue with your blood sugar, you need insulin, girl, not not an apple, okay? It's not going to work that way. Um, so I'm thinking somebody might have done some very cursory diabetes, like, research, but then kind of jumbled both of them together into gobbledygook yeah. for the movie. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Although, um, I mean, we should have been more concerned by the fact that she went hiking in the woods in a little, like, skirt and a shirt. Yeah. And she doesn't, Those like... unreasonable hiking clothes. Exactly. And shoes. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. You know she wasn't wearing hiking shoes. Yeah, she wasn't wearing hiking shoes. She's probably, like, sweating like a pig. Um, I mean, she's she's definitely going to need an apple in a shower, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I understand why her mom is, like, so freaked out, because... Um, like she can tell that like her daughter just wants to pretend that she's normal and like yeah. you can't necessarily do that you know and like teens will do that to their own detriment so I don't know I, I understand where her mother was coming from well Although, and I, I do like, have to I have to laugh when she when she tells Luca she's like you know oh I didn't want you to think I was weird and I'm sorry it's diabetes girl like in 95 it wasn't that big a deal it's not like you know you're telling him you have an extra arm or something like that's weird um so yeah i i'm thinking i know it's 13 year old girl stuff and you know they they make you know drama out of everything but i, I i'm thinking yeah he he would have like been like dude it, this is 95 diabetes is a thing like we know you're good there was a, something else that was some i don't know also related to like a weird health issue in this movie and now I don't remember what it was hmm. couldn't have been that important <laughs> well that's I think the the movie is what I kind of like because we don't see it a lot nowadays is the film is rather aimless plot wise I mean we talk about there's a lot of there's a lot of threads but when you yeah. really get down to it they're all tenuously held together the, the, the movie is very episodic. I guess the word I'm looking for is episodic. Um, it, it feels like a television show kind of spliced together. Um, and I think that that's, mm -hmm. that can be inventive. I, I'm almost tempted to say that they were hoping this would spawn some type of franchise. Um, and it didn't happen. So, you know, we never got further adventures. Because the movie obviously seems like it could go in that direction by the end of it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, and they. I, it seemed to me like they were just like trying to like because in the so in the books, it would be like about right, one right. character mostly, and the other characters were there, but it would be from one character's point of view. And in this, it was like mostly Christy, but they also like were like, oh, but we gotta get everyone else in there. So it was just a. It's a big ensemble, and tried to fit a lot of things in I think yeah it, it's I mean and it's it's amazing to to remember that this got really good reviews when it came out um and it has a 64% on on Rotten Tomatoes and it was only one of like two nationwide releases that weekend because it came out in August um, but it, 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 despite having really good reviews, it didn't make any money and it only opened in ninth place, um, which placed it a distant second behind Mortal Kombat. That seems appropriate for this movie, that it would be bested by a male <laughs> oh, video game movie. I like that one, though. <laughs> it's a good movie. I've, I've never seen that. This, the, I don't know why this got good reviews. <laughs> this movie's not good. And, and like more than that, like the acting and the writing is not good. Like, this is not a good movie. I don't know. I don't think the acting's that bad. I thought the it writing was is definitely The writing is definitely great, questionable, yeah. I mean, Ellen Burstyn, all those faces. She, she made so many good faces. <laughs> Face acting. Can you guys name all of the Babysitter's Club members oh, in this movie? Oh. Not if you okay. held a gun to my head. I, I can do it. Christy, Stacy, Claudia, Marianne, Dawn... Mallory, Jesse. That's six. There's six, right? There's, there's one. There's, there's one, one more. more. There's one more junior member. Well, we're not counting Logan. He doesn't count. He's a boy. No, there's one more junior member. 
who am I missing? Uh, I, yeah, Jessie, I said, the token I said black girl. Man. Oh, you yeah. said Jesse? Wait, 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 wait. Do it again. One more time. Okay. One more time. Christy, Claudia, Stacy, Marianne, Dawn, Mallory, Jesse. Yeah, no, that's yes. everyone. Yay! <laughs> um, all right. Kara, what other trivia you got for this? Not a lot. There was not a lot to be found. There wasn't a ton to be found. I also looked. However, uh, the director, Melanie Myron, Myron, I'm not sure how that's pronounced, and Peter Horton, the man who played Christie's deadbeat dad, um, they actually uh, were on the TV show 30-something as a couple. <laughs> so I think that's actually like the only real trivia that I came across. Um, there just was like not not a ton. Uh, they did do a Babysitter's Club reunion a few years ago at the Draft House in Austin. They did like a, an event with that. Um, you can find some, some pictures online oh. of them. You know, just like a where are they now sort of thing. Um, oh, uh, Matt, like the girl that played Mallory, she's actually a natural blonde and had to dye and perm her hair to get the curly red hair, which came out great. I think she looks great as a uh, red. Yeah, head. it looks great. And like I would have not I, know, I would not like have bought uh, you know, I I believed she was a ginger. Yeah. Yeah, she looks very natural. Um so the movie includes co-mingled parts of books number 45, which is a Christie book. It's called Christie and the Baby Parade. Number 86, Marianne and Camp BSC, and Christie's book, uh, none of which were actually written by Anne M. Martin, who wrote the rest of the book series. So. Because she wrote, it's, I think she wrote about 100 of them, mm-hmm. and then she was kind of, there was 131 of them total. She wrote 100 of them, and it was kind of like, yeah, maybe I'm done with this, and then other people ghost wrote the rest of them, and she kind of like, you know, approved Supervised. Them. Yeah. There was also, there were three spin-off book series from the Babysitter's Club. Really? Um, yep. There was Baby Babysitter's Little Sister, which okay. was books about their younger siblings, basically. So, Babysitter's Club, The Next Generation. Yep. And then there was a spin-off of that series called The Kids in Miss Coleman's Class, which was about, like, you know a class of children you know one of one of the siblings in their class Mm -mm. um and then there was a dawn spinoff called the california diaries i remember where dawn move she moves back to california and they're actually like targeted at maybe a slightly older audience because they're more about like high school topics i'm doing quotes um you know like anorexia and like Mm -hmm you know older topics i i remember they used to do um a book series that they called like super specials um where they would travel to different places and it would be like a a bunch of their stories as they're like traveling i think they went to like the mall of america and one one instance i just remember there was one where they (laughs) went to disneyland and like christy's little sister karen was really upset about riding the haunted mansion because she felt like the ghosts were coming like to follow her home or something um and i just was like this kid's stupid like i I don't know i was more advanced so all right anything else about this movie oh there was also a video game yes (laughs) really there was a video game for windows 95 (laughs) what was it I don't remember. I didn't. I remember they had one, and I I didn't get it. Um, I also wanted to be part of the fan club, and I I didn't get to do that either. Felt very bummed. Oh, I just googled it, and apparently there is also a board game because there is a YouTube commercial for yes. it. Yes. Really? So like, but and this and this is dated 1994. So like, the. The movie was actually, it feels like almost like the last thing that came out of this. Like, yeah, that's maybe the video game was probably around the same time. But, like, the board game was 94, the book started in 86, the TV show was 1990. Like, this was already a huge deal when this movie came out. 
Yeah. Wow. I miss those days. <laughs> on the t- was it the same actors on the TV no. show? No. Oh, okay. No, all completely different. No, actors. the um the TV series was a I think a Canadian production. Um mm. that Dis- I remember Disney I think had had bought the rights to show um cuz they used to show it on the Disney Channel and I this was financed through an American studio. So, and they just happened to film in Canada. Gotcha. I'm looking at a YouTube video of the video game right now. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, uh, oh my goodness, that is terrible resolution. Um, (laughs) You're like inside the bedroom where they have all their meetings and you can like click on the different characters and then they talk. And like, yeah, this is weird. It seems to be one of those video games, and I feel like there were a lot of these at the time, um, PC games in particular, where, like, you, it wasn't really a game. It, it, it's you just, like, um, you turned it on, and you clicked on some things, and that was kind like of It's like if, anybody, if yeah. anybody remembers, like, the, the Moon Rocket uh, type of games, where it was, like, high school girls trying to figure out stuff, or um, the Olsen Twins oeuvre of video games were very similar. Ooh, I don't think I had any oh, of those. Oh, I no, I didn't I ate the that shit up. The, I was like a babysitters club and the Olsen twins. Like that was my life. Yeah, I'm really surprised no one's picked an Olsen twins movie. If yet. you have but me back, also, I'm I will. Very disappointed they by would that. just be so hard to watch. <laughs> Not necessarily. If you, it depends on the movie. If if you some of them weren't terrible. If you're watching, if you're watching the Olsen twins when they're little, like that's one type of of weirdness if you're watching it when Mm. they were teenagers that's like a whole other type of weirdness (laughs) true very true because by then they were like already billionaires exactly (laughs) right did we do it did we do the babysitters club all the way through i think we did uh i i think we've covered (laughs) i think we've covered all the ground that one can with this movie (laughs) yeah i talked about the inappropriate kiss right yeah yeah gross yeah, that was. Yeah. Not oh, cool. and animal backpacks. Remember, like those backpacks that looked like stuffed animals, but they were a bag. No, were they in oh. this? Uh, Claudia has one when they just get back from New York <laughs> City. It's like a panda bear. And I wrote that down, and I was like, I want one of those. <laughs> but I'm definitely way too old for that now. Nah, nah. It would be weird. <laughs> Well, I just Googled it, and one of the results is animal backpack for adults, so you're you're good. You're good. Let's get the grown-up version. I did did want, like, an animal backpack and a clear umbrella as a kid. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, they have the exact one that she has. It's a panda bear backpack. (laughs) Oh, panda bear. My best friend growing up loved panda bears. I feel like she would have had that. Was her name Amanda? No. <laughs> no. I just feel like the Amandas that I've known have been really into pandas because it rhymes. <laughs> no, her name didn't rhyme with panda. All right, anything else? I would, I, I would nothing. say watch it because it's weird as hell, but that's like part of its '90s charm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you grew up and have seen this, or you watched Alex yes. Mack, or she's all that. You'll, you'll be okay with this movie. Yeah, I don't even think we mentioned that Rachel Lee Cook is in this. Hey, guys, Rachel Lee Cook Rachel is in Lee this. Rachel Lee Cook was pretty much in every <laughs> so 90s movie, um, and she's good in all of them. Her her hair is fascinating in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I like it, though. I, it's just, like, so... It looks like a wig. Oh, it might be, actually, now that you say I, that. I don't think it is. I just think she has very thick hair that was in a very specific haircut that never moved (laughs) (laughs) it was it was very 90s yeah i feel like that's like the girl version of like a boy yes oh absolutely (laughs) uh okay i'm gonna i'm gonna close this up land the bus i'm gonna land that bus i finally watched that movie oh yeah Jordan is talking about speed. Oh, okay. It's a good movie. Haven't That's been a... here for all of our. We, I d- 
didn't <sighs> love it. I didn't but, love but, it. But I'm by the end, well. you're supposed to believe that a bus can fly. Uh, I had some problems with it. No, had some problems with it. It was fine. Joy. It was fine. And I thought it was exciting. Because I think that's a pretty sweet... That's a pretty easy setup that you can make last a long time. Mm -hmm. The bus has to go one speed. That's it. I love that. Great. Great premise. But I had some problems with the relationship in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. With the the two people who didn't know each other and then were in love by the end of the day. No, they trauma bonded. This is actually a thing that happens where when (laughs) two people, like undergo a very traumatic circumstance um especially if they're like the only two people that have lived through it like they are they have a weird bond and sometimes that results in making out on the ground i could totally believe which, that which in which but... in the sequel it, you don't need to watch the sequel but in the sequel i think like <laughs> sandra bullock makes a comment in the first like couple of minutes that their relationship was doomed to failure because no relationship based on traumatic events can sustain mm-hmm. itself so they're aware of yes, this yes. oh good okay see i think that. that's that seems very real that yeah. was my problem that's basically my problem with it yeah but i don't even think keanu he's is not. in the second one is he's he? not. no he's not yeah no i he's didn't not. think so what a shame <laughs> long live keanu uh, reeves who's not in this who's right, not guys, in this movie did it <laughs> two bad though in my memory joseph gordon levitt was in this movie interesting as and so i'm upset that he wasn't as, as the like, guy that does as, magic or yeah i maybe, guess so. maybe it's because Probably. he was in the next larissa olenic movie because he did 10 things i hate about he what did was 10 that things I hate oh about you. 10 things yeah. i hate about you mm. yeah all right we did it we said all the things one could say about the babysitters club um you can hear Kristen on the Citizen Dame podcast and on the Ticklish Business podcast and follow her on Twitter at Journeys underscore film. And uh, Kara, you got anything you want to plug? Um, No, not currently, I don't think. No. Cool. All right. Well, Kristen, thanks for being here. Thank you for letting me talk about this weird movie about dad dating and babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.